Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show, but while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might have missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. 
I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Hey friends, I am so excited for who I'm sitting here with today. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, just one of my favorite people on the whole planet, my dear friend Mari. Mari, thank you for coming back on Girls Night. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Um, just so you guys have a mental picture of where we are, we are currently sitting on the floor of my closet. Mm-hmm. It's very official and professional here. We will make sure to take a picture so you guys can see it. But we're having sort of a, a great girls' night in a weird location. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I end up sitting on the floor of my friend's closet sometimes at girls' night, so it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the best place to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mari, for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, will you tell us who you are, what you mm-hmm. do, and a fun fact about yourself? Sure. So I am Mari, Mariko, Mariko Clark Straighten, all the different versions of my name. Um, those of you who know me on Instagram know me as Mariko Clark. All my friends call me Mari. I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a storyteller. And a fun fact about me is my latest writing venture, actually. I am writing a story Bible for kids. Uh, well, I guess for grownups too, if you want it. It's called The Book of Belonging. If you want, I mean, I guess I can give the the short version and you can learn more at thebookofbelonging.com. But um, it started when my my little girl, Ada, who a lot of you know, asked me if um, God loves boys more than girls. Um, and it just cut me to the core. The story Bible we have for her only has two girl stories in it, stories about women. And she just... The fact that she got that idea from her Bible just fired me up. So I've been on this mission for the past year or so. I'm working with an amazing illustrator. So we're launching on Kickstarter on October 19th, and I can't wait to share more. So like I said, you can learn more at thebookofbelonging.com or just follow along. If you're following me on Instagram, I'll be posting a lot about it. So. If you're following me on Instagram, I'll be posting <laughs> a lot about it too. Uh, I appreciate it. I do have to say that I asked Mari to make that her fun fact. <laughs> it's maybe, not that fun. Maybe, but. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, I was like, Mari, we need to do a fun fact and this should be your fun fact. I appreciate you pushing me in that way. You always do. You're a good friend. Well, so uh, today we've done this a couple times, Mari, but mm-hmm. um, I feel like we can go ahead and call you our like official, unofficial, like 
co-host of Girls Night because oh, you have so honored. You have stepped into the host chair so many times for me. And I'm so grateful because there are pieces of my story or things I've learned that I really want to be able to share, but it's really awkward having a girls night by yourself. You want to sit in your closet by yourself? I mean, I feel like <laughs> Talk just, to yourself. Yeah, I feel like it's better this way. Um and so uh today we're gonna give kind of the the backstory on how our corner of the internet came to be mm-hmm. and uh, how like all the twists and turns that got me to the place that I am right now in mm-hmm. my work, because uh, one, it's a really cool story, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I love what God has done in it, and so I, I know that I've never told the story from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and I really want you guys to know it. I feel like you should know this, and then the other thing is that I recently had just the honor of getting to talk to one of our Girls Night listeners on the phone for a while. Um, And it was so much fun. She uh, just graduated from college and we were talking a lot about career and um, next steps and the transition from college into the real world, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. And But she was just really talking about how she's in kind of a between place with her work. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot, that we are all in between places Mm -hmm. in our work a lot of times. And it's for a lot of different reasons. Like um, sometimes, you know, we feel like we're supposed to have a five-year plan of where we're going in life, but we don't have one and we have no idea what we want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so we feel like we're kind of spinning our wheels or sometimes, you know, we think we know where we want to go, but then we get to the next place and we realize like, this is not it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, you know, we thought where we, we, we thought we knew where we wanted to go, but someone else changed the trajectory. Like, you know, getting, we got let go from a job or something, or sometimes we know where we want to go, or we think we know where we're going, where we want to go, but it's happening so slowly, or it seems like doors are just consistently getting shut in our face. And so Mm -hmm. like, we just, we're just not sure where we're headed or, or how to get there. And so today I just wanted to share some of the stories of how I've gotten through some of those moments Mm -hmm. because while it felt really twisty and turny on the way there, when I look back, it's really cool to see how God used so many of those, like how he just was weaving something really purposeful through all the things that felt like missteps to me. Um, And it was really cool getting to share that with the girls night listener I got to talk to on the phone. And so I wanted to make sure to share that with you guys too. I think that's a great idea. I think also like a lot of times we don't see uh, other people's journey, especially someone like you, where a lot of your friends are on the internet and they, they see the the final product of like you in this career that they're admiring you and following you, but they don't see the twists and turns. And it's easy to assume that you just showed up here in all of your, your success. And it, there's so much more to it. And I, as your friend, know the nuances of it, even though I don't know all of them and I'm excited to learn more about it today. But, um, I think that it puts some, um, some reality to it and makes it feel more achievable. I think as, as someone who, anyone who is looking to, to grow. Yeah. I love hearing people's backstories because it just, there's always something about it that just really resonates with me where I'm like, oh, they've had that insecurity too. Or yeah. like they, you know, had this major failure too, or a major flop or like, mm-hmm. um, they felt really lost too. It's like finding out that other people have felt those things too helps you know that that's not the end of your story. Like that you yeah. can see it in their story. That wasn't the end for them. So yeah. that must mean that it's not the end for me either. Yeah. So. It helps you be braver. I get it. Yeah. More brave, braver. I don't know. <laughs> You're the writer here, Mari. I don't know. <laughs> um, so Mari, you have a handful of questions for me. Yeah. And I'm so going to go ahead and you now have the talking stick. All right. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. You have, you have the talking stick? Oh yeah. I'll take it. Okay. okay. So I think we should start 
you should tell us about your job as it is today. Some some of the women friends listening might not fully know, or maybe they just know a piece of it, but not the full story. So you have a podcast. This podcast. This podcast. <laughs> you have a podcast. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, is this your full-time job? And what else do you do? I think would just be give it an overview. Yeah. Um, I may need, need your help with this because yeah. it's... My job is one of those ones where like my parents just learned how to say what I do and like they're not even sure. Like I recently I had to talk to like an insurance guy and like trying to explain what I do is just, I don't know, kind of difficult. But um, so yeah, I am an author and a podcaster and really a best friend. And that's like the heart of it for me. We'll talk about this more, but really in everything, I just want to be who I needed when I was younger. Mm. Um, there's a quote. I don't even know who said it first, but I, I love that idea. I just want to be who I needed when I was younger. And so I have, yes, a podcast. Um, this has been around for like almost four years, I think. Yeah. Um, which That's is crazy. Wild. And I am an author. I've written a handful of books. I would, I have to count to remember how many. I'm not totally sure. It might be two handfuls at this point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It really might be two handfuls. That's wild. Yeah. So maybe two handfuls of books. (laughs) I teach an online course. I have two actually and maybe more coming. Whoa. Can't believe I said that out loud. (laughs) Might have to edit that out later. Um, And I have a little online shop. I write Mm -hmm. blog posts. And yeah, really the whole heart of it, it's it comes in different mediums, you know, different forms. But my heart in all of it is to just be like the friend that I needed when I was younger, I always found so much value in having someone who was like a step and a half ahead of me to be able to be like, you're okay. Yeah. This is hard, but you're going to get through it. Try this. Don't do that. That's not going to help you. Or, you know, just to kind of, to to be with me along the way and give me like some pointers. Um, Mar, you've been that for me in so many ways. A huge one though is in motherhood. Um, I tell you that all the time, but like Mari is like my mom role model. (laughs) Um, And it's just, it's so nice to have someone who's close enough to you that they remember what it was like, Mm -hmm. but far enough ahead of you that they're not in the thick of it anymore. And so they can like, you know, guide you. Like if you're going through a maze, like one of those Halloween mazes or something, and you have someone who's like above, they can be like, turn left, turn right. I feel like that's, what I've needed for so many, in so many different seasons of life. And so that's what I try to be. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that shines through. That is like the very obvious common thread in everything that you do. And I can vouch for that because I used to work with you and it's true. I did. Yep. So is this, is this picture you just painted, is that what you always wanted to do? Uh, not exactly. I, I didn't have, I mean, I think if I had like a childhood dream of like what I wanted to be when I grew up. It was probably like a ballerina or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't like I, I, you know, the, I, the funny thing is that this wasn't a job when I was a kid. That's true. This you wasn't a job. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have dreamed of this. And this wasn't a job a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's also a cool thing to remember is like the thing that we may do in the world may not, may not exist yet, so cool. but there were like threads of it. My grandmother, she, is just the coolest person. This is just a real side note for a second, but my grandmother, my mom's mom, um, her name was Anne and she was an identical twin. And she's just, she was one of my favorite people in the world. And that's actually why we named one of our twins, Annie. 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 So anyway, my grandma, she had a, like a big, like karaoke machine, like tape player thing um, at her house. And it had a microphone hooked up to it. And it was like really easy to record yourself on a cassette tape. And so my little sister and I would do radio shows and I've been able to hear them back. And I don't know how old I was, but she was probably three. 
And I always made her do like the weather segments and like traffic and commercials and things like that. And I don't know what I would talk about, but so Kelly and I would do that growing up. And I also did have like moments when I would like write books. That was like, I think my favorite part of first grade. Yeah. And kind of my, my claim to fame is that in fourth grade, I started, this was in the height of the Beanie Baby craze. Oh, um, good times. I, seriously. Uh, and I created a Beanie Baby stuff store. That's what it was called. What? And we made Beanie Baby sleeping bags and like collars and leashes. <laughs> what? And really, I had not a whole lot of skill <laughs> to offer to the business, but my mom did. My mom had a sewing machine. So basically, I put my mom to work. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry about that, mom, but also thank you. But I, I could do like... I could make the collars and leashes and stuff. But anyway, my my shop got shut down because it was a distraction in fourth grade. So I know. That's actually like the highest compliment you could have gotten. I know. (laughs) The shutdown. I know. I got the fourth grade shutdown. Fourth grade shutdown. Um, So so this wasn't like my dream growing up because I just couldn't have pictured this. But it's cool to look back and see little threads of who I've kind of always been and how that's how those things, those little seeds have grown into like who I am now. That's so cool. Mostly the Beanie Baby thing was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else was okay. Everything else was okay. (laughs) So I know that a lot of your story is you dreaming of something and barreling towards that thing, but then getting rerouted on the way. And I know that happened right at the beginning when you were trying to decide where to go to college. That was the first time you had a major dream that you ended up changing midway through. Is that right? Yeah. I, my dream, like one of the first dreams I can remember was that I wanted to go to college in California and I grew up in Colorado and I just, for some reason, like I wanted to be at the beach. I wanted to be in California. And I mean, I had like pictures of different schools printed out and like taped on my binder my freshman year of of high school. And like, I mean, I was barreling towards this. And I ended up applying to the University of Colorado kind of last minute. And I mean, the school is awesome. It's more just that it was in-state for me. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I just, that wasn't part of my dream. I really, really wanted to go to a school in California. So I applied to like, you know, nine schools in California and then this one lonely school in Colorado. And um, as I was getting all my acceptance letters and denials, Mm -hmm. I lost a really good friend to suicide. And uh, the day before he died, actually, he just happened to mention that he uh, thought that I shouldn't leave the state for college, that I should go to go to school in Colorado. And I mean, I don't know, this is like a whole other story, but I don't know what was happening like in his head in general. Or I don't know what was going on behind the scenes or even why he said that. Yeah. Um, or like why that happened to be the day before. I don't think like, it didn't feel like that was necessarily like significant, you yeah. know? Um, it was, it didn't feel like it was like, I don't know. He just said it. Yeah. Um, but it was such a, it was a really like marking moment for me. Yeah. And so I listened to him and I, you know, in kind of in a moment decided I'm not, I'm not leaving. Um, I think in a lot of ways it like put into perspective what was important and it was like, yeah. why was I so, why was I rushing to get out of here so much? Like yeah. I just, all of a sudden could see in a new way why it was important to be near my family and near my yeah, friends and that stuff. that makes sense. And so I ended up going to the University of Colorado. But one of the things that I have noticed as I've been looking kind of back through these different pieces of my story is that one thing that's really true about me is I'm a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a dreamer that like actually believes that the things she's dreaming of can happen. Uh, and there have been a lot of times in my life where people have tried to dissuade me or like 
cushion the blow a little bit by being like, if this doesn't happen, it's going to be okay. And I appreciate that. You know, I know people want to like shield me from disappointment, um, but I don't need it and I don't want it necessarily. I really do like think that, you know, a a lot can like, I don't think I can be like a pro football player or things like that. It's not like you dream it, you can achieve it that, that way. But I do like, I do just dream really big and, and chase after the things I'm dreaming about. I will say, and we'll talk about this more, I think, in a little bit, but that I don't do that without fear. Mm. Um, I do that without fear, like at the beginning, but like halfway through, I'm like convinced that I'm going to crash and burn and everything's horrible and I'm so dumb for trying this. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. But when I'm dreaming like ahead, I'm really brave. But one thing that I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to do, and I, again, I don't know when I started doing this, is that I've been able to like reroute my dreams and like, uh, not be super stubborn in Mm. them. So if I'm dreaming of something and then something changes, the circumstances change, I haven't been so stubborn that I've held on to that dream, like no matter what. And I think that that's served me in a lot of ways that I never realized before. Cause I think a lot of people are like, well, I said I was going to go to California. So I'm going to California. It's like, well, the situation changed a little bit. Or even on the opposite end of it, like if you start to hit either like roadblocks, like you said, or some sort of inklings that maybe you're you're not where you were, thought you were headed, a lot of people just give up. Yeah. Right. So I think it's that like forward movement that's important too. Yeah. Forward movement, but being able to like course correct Flexible a little bit. Flexible forward movement. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is like, I I think that over the years I've been able to dream in pencil, not in permanent marker. Oh, I love that. And I, yeah, I really like that because, and it doesn't make, it doesn't make me any less committed to the things I'm dreaming of. It doesn't mean that I don't think that they can happen. That's not why I'm like pivoting. It's because our, the first draft of our dreams isn't always the right thing. We have to like rewrite it a couple of times. So anyway, so that's, that's what happened. I really was positive that I was going to go to California and that's not where I ended up. So you ended up in Colorado, spoiler alert. How did you decide to start studying journalism then? Um, so I really looked at like all the list, the list of majors and just that's the one that looked most interesting. Okay. <laughs> like really there wasn't a total, a whole lot of thought or intention behind it. I had to pick like what general school I wanted to be part of. Okay. And the journalism school had like advertising in it and a couple different things. Um, and so I just sort of picked it on a whim and then ended up specifying and my major was broadcast news but it was crazy because this thing that started out as like like I sort of like meandered into it Mm -hmm. and then the more I found out about it and the more I got into it I just totally fell in love and started like sprinting um towards this goal of being of being a journalist but but then you you changed the course (laughs) again right again yeah how did that happen so one thing really quick is please do not let me forget to go find a video of me doing, I feel like that like needs to be my fun fact or something somewhere. Of you doing what? Uh, like my broadcast journalism career. You have video? I have video. Of you like behind a desk with your, did you have a blazer on? I did have a blazer on. Of course on. you did. Yeah, of course I did. You d- should definitely dig that up. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to find that. Give the people what they want. <laughs> but yeah, so so that dream changed as well. And that happened... Uh, conveniently, like six months before I graduated from college. Classic, yeah. So I spent all of college, like devoting all of my time and energy into like uh, my classes and networking and internships and all kinds of things mm. and getting my resume tape ready. Like I was so ready to graduate. Um, I even thought about graduating early because I was so excited to get out there and like 
try, you know, try this out. But then uh, my junior, senior year, um, something crazy happened and I met Jesus. Mm. And this doesn't always have to be the case. I think I had this, I like believed for a while that any, like when, and I think a lot of us believe this, but when you become a Christian, you feel like you need to be a pastor or a missionary or something. It's like, there's like two acceptable jobs yes, (laughs) and those are them. That's not, that's not true. Uh, That's not true for anybody. And it wasn't true for me, but I did. The more I like got to know God, the more, and the more I fell in love with him, the more I fell out of love with journalism. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it happened that way because it's not either or by any means, but it really was for me. I ended up going on a mission trip to Costa Rica my senior year of college and I came back. So it was like in between semesters Mm -hmm. and I came back and my, I was supposed to be starting an internship at NBC and I was so excited about it. It had taken me forever to get this internship. And I remember I had just a really like transformative time with God while I was in Costa Rica. Just, I feel like my faith had been kind of two-dimensional and then it like popped off the page and became like technicolor mm-hmm. um, in those 10 days. And so I got home and started this internship. And I remember walking in the front door the first day, feeling like I should feel like a kid in a candy shop. Like that's how I used to feel. And just the passion was gone. And it was, it was really this really specific thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like my, my heart, this piece of my heart that had been for journalism was just sort of carved out. Mm. And it was actually really sad. Like I, I grieved this dream. I grieved this like future. I, even though like it really was, this piece of my heart really was gone and like very noticeably so. But I was really sad about the fact that it was gone. And that was a really hard thing. And it was especially hard because my, I mean, I was about to graduate and I was just about to get a degree in this thing that all of a sudden I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. And I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do instead. That's intense. So what did, what did you do? So I had started to get involved at a college ministry and that's who I went on the mission trip with. Okay. Um, and I remember talking to like the college pastor about all this and just being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now because I really don't think I'm supposed to do this thing anymore. And it was such a shift. Like, I feel like if I could have gotten a tattoo on my forehead that said like future journalist, I would have. Or if that was not the weirdest thing ever to do, I would have done it. And so for me to just like walk away from it, I think my parents thought I'd like lost my mind. They were just like, what happened? But so I was talking to my college pastor and he said, you know, what if you just took a year? What if instead of barreling into a career, like you don't have to decide right now, what if you just took a year and he's like, spend another year here, Mm. hang out in our ministry, like get involved. His wife ended up being my mentor for a year and she was just incredible. And he's like, just like dig some roots for a little while before you go off and figure out what's next for you in the world. And so I said, okay. And actually a couple of weeks later, he ended up offering me a job. And so he hired me on, I was an intern, but an unpaid intern at that. It was very glamorous. Uh, But I got to be an intern for the college ministry. And yeah, it was unpaid. I lived with a host family. So I lived with like someone else's family. And I worked at a restaurant on the weekends and had like $4 to my name. I think I would have starved if it wasn't for this other people's family feeding me and also my parents like you know, slipping a 20 in my pocket every time I'd go home. (laughs) Um, But that's what I ended up doing for a year. So instead of jetting off into this 
like big journalism career that I had imagined for myself. I ended up being an intern at a college ministry. Back in Colorado. Did you, and you thought you'd do that forever, right? That's yeah. how much you loved it. How did you, how did you then reroute again? You got pulled away? So my job at the ministry was to just invest in college students. And specifically, they put me in charge of putting together like a Greek Bible study for sorority girls because I had been in a sorority and no one else like knew how to talk to sorority girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> Their language. Yeah, no one else spoke sorority girl except for me. I was fluent in it. So <laughs> I am probably. And so that was my job. And so I started a, a small group and it was crazy because I like announced it the first day and was like, okay, anyone who wants to come, anyone who's in a sorority. And I thought we'd get like three girls. Um, and I think we ended up having like 30 girls in, in this Bible study. And so every Sunday night we would all gather like on these big oversized couches and we would talk about life. And then during the week, my job, like my actual job again, okay, I didn't get paid, but my actual job um, was to just meet with people for coffee. And so I'd get to just sit down and talk to them about life and hear what they were going through and the thing that was so cool about it was that somehow the girls, like whatever they would bring to me was either something that I had just gone through or gone through like a year before. But it was just crazy to me how how many things we had in common or how many of the things that they were walking through were things I'd just been through. Um, and I think that that's really when it started for me, this idea of like being who you needed when you were younger. Yeah, And I loved it. And it was really cool because, I mean, I, I think it was the most purpose I'd ever felt in my life. And it also was cool because some of the things that we were talking about were things I wasn't necessarily proud of. Mm. Like they were giant mistakes I'd made or times when I'd gotten just like my heart shattered or where I'd gotten totally rejected or, um, yeah, done something really stupid. And those were the things that I was getting to talk to them about because they were sitting in the same place of like shame or heartbreak or yeah. disaster that I'd found myself in. And it was just this, it was like the first taste I ever got of God redeeming things mm. in my life. Yeah, And because I was able to like help someone through this thing, because I'd been there, I like no longer regretted it. Like I, it was mm. like, it, it became this tool instead of something weighing me down. I mean, I think you told me in one of the darker seasons of my life, your mess will become your message. Hmm. And I didn't believe you at the time, but it has it's true. It has become true. And it seems like it was for you in that season too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved it. It was it truly was like the best job I ever could have imagined. And I, I really felt more purpose in that time than I'd ever felt before ever. And so I really thought I would do it forever. Like I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to seminary. I'm going to be a college pastor. I'm, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and that was kind of, that was the next, next plan. So then how did you obviously aren't doing that? So how <laughs> did you get pulled away from that? So I got pulled away from that by literally the only thing that could have possibly pulled me away from that. Uh, and that was the chance to travel around the world for a mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Um, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, this program kind of crossed my path. I, you know, knew someone who had done it. And at first I was like, this is crazy. The The idea was to pack up a backpack and to travel around the world. Um, we were going to do 11 countries in 11 months. And I was like, that is insane. But also I just could not stop thinking about it. And, you know, if you guys have heard kind of more of my story of how I met Jesus, I became a Christian in Rome. Like I got to know God in Spain. I, I connect with like, you know, I, my whole life changed in Costa Rica. I just, I 
travel is one of the things that just brings me to life more than anything else. And it's, I, there's just something about it. I feel like God does the coolest things in my heart and in my life when I'm someplace else. And so I just, I, I couldn't turn this down, but it also was the hardest, hardest, hardest decision because it it was like, leave this thing I love, this um, like career yeah. path. Like I'm looking for a career path here. I'd really yeah. like to have something that I know I'm going to do in the world. It was like, give up this thing I love or give up the opportunity of a lifetime. And there were two things that really helped me make the decision. And one of them was the knowledge that I could always go back. Mm. So it was like, and, and um, a mentor of mine helped me kind of see this, that it's like, you can't always in every season, pack up a backpack and travel around the world for a year. That's maybe something that like isn't going to be as easy in a different time in life. But college ministry, like there will always be college students and there will always be like this, this will be open to you when you get back. Putting it off for a year doesn't mean you're, you're saying no to it forever. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful. And that's something that's served me a lot through life is like, just because you turn left here doesn't mean you have to keep turning left. You can turn right. Like just because you accepted that job doesn't mean you have to keep it for the rest of your life. Like you yeah. can quit and do something different if you need to. But the other thing is there's this question that like popped into my head during one of the nights where I was just laying up, like staying up at night being like, what do I do? It just mm -hmm. felt like this total fork in the road moment. And the question was, if I knew that God was going to be holding my hand every step of the way, what would I do? And I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the trip. And I feel like that question really helped me bypass my fear and make the decision that I would have made if I was being really honest and if mm. I was being really brave. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I decided to do. I packed up a backpack and traveled around the world for a year. That's amazing. And so I know that on that trip, um, an old friend circled back around and you weren't really happy to see that at first. So I was uh, at like the training for that trip and um, we had to do all kinds of like, I don't know, I can't think of a better word for it. It's not exactly this, but like seminars, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. here's what to pack, here are what shots you need to get, here's yeah, yeah. like whatever. And there was one where I sit down and I'm not really paying attention. And then all of a sudden I look up at the screen and there's like a photo of a laptop and a camera and like, it's like journalism. And I'm like, what is this? And they start talking about what camera you should bring if you want to bring a camera and like what um, laptop and like how to tell stories from the field. And I felt like all of a sudden this old boyfriend that I'd broken up with and I'd finally gotten over was like dropped in my lap. And the worst it's part me. of it, it's, it's so <laughs> and the worst part about it is that they told us that so everyone got a blog. They gave everyone a blog and they said, you know, we really ask that you post on your blog twice a week. And Mari, you know this about me, but I am such a rule follower. I'm not the person that's like, eh, who cares? Like, yeah. I'm like, well, they said. So you probably like, set a timer, didn't you? I, yeah. I'm like, oh, like it's time to go. My calendar. Um, I, yeah. I am like just a total rule follower. And so they said post twice a week. And so I was like, I'm going to post twice a week. But I was really unhappy about it because it really did feel like this old boyfriend that I'd mm. finally gotten over that was like back in my life. And yeah. I just was mad about it. And I'm sitting there in that seminar, like looking up, like God's only up, you know, but I'm looking up and I'm like glaring at him like, thanks. What are you doing? Um, but it was really cool because I had missed it and, you know, getting to be out in the world 
the things that I got to see and the people I got to meet were just incredible and beautiful and getting to capture them with my camera, like, you know, taking photos and and taking videos and making videos and stuff. It was just this creative outlet. And it was, a, it was different from journalism. It like used all my skills, but it was still kind of different. And I just, I really, I really enjoyed it. And then the thing that I didn't expect was as I was writing on my blog, um, I was just sharing the things that I was learning and it, I ended up having kind of like the blog version of the conversations I used to have over coffee. Mm. And it was so much fun for me. I I really enjoyed it. Um, it was so life-giving. And also people started to read it. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like, you know, my mom. And then it was like a couple other people and a couple other people. And then it was people I didn't know. And I started getting messages from people just saying that, you know, getting to hear my story helped them in theirs. And it just like, I just fell in love with this. And it was just really cool that God had like this whole thing just felt so random. I just felt like I was running around and had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, looking back, God had taken these different pieces of my heart and woven them all together into this thing that I was actually uniquely equipped for and uniquely passionate about. And it was just like the biggest gift. 